you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. You guys remember Ralph Reed, right? He was the executive director of the Christian Coalition in the 90s. He's a political consultant and a lobbyist now. He closes the gap between the traditional Republican Party and the evangelical voting bloc. Well, he had some interesting things to say recently at a prayer call hosted by the Intercessors for America group the other night. It's an ultra-right-wing, ultra-Christian nationalist organization. He said, quote, Literally, the survival of our nation and our rights as Americans and as Christians is on the line with these two races on January 5th in Georgia. Jesus Christ! Christ, it's insufferable to watch a majority, privileged group talk about how persecuted they are. According to rightwingwatch.org, he said, unless something happened to reverse the certification of votes in the presidential election, we're looking at the possibility and the prospect of a vice president, Kamala Harris, being able to break the tie and turn control of the U.S. Senate over to Chuck Schumer, AOC, the squad, and the far left. Even though Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and other members of the squad serve in the House of Representatives, not the Senate. And we we don't have any far-left members of Congress, sadly. Though I don't personally identify as far-left, I'm more center-left, I'd love to see a little more balance in Congress. We have QAnon nutbags in there right now, and they won't stop screaming about communism. We haven't been further from communism in the U.S. since the Cold War and the Red Scare in the 80s, but facts are irrelevant to people like this. They live in an alternate reality. According to the Friendly Atheist website, a West Virginia teacher hosted a school dance by calling it a religious vow renewal event. It's a story about West Virginia, and since I live there currently, naturally, I have to cover it. Why is this a problem? Because of separation of church and state. Jesus Christ, am I glad that rule exists. Obviously, it's being completely ignored in many cases, but imagine what the U.S. would look like if the rule of separation of church and state didn't exist. Anyways, apparently, this wasn't an official school function. The school has been careful about social distancing and all that. So this teacher went off on their own to hold an unofficial homecoming type of dance with no masks or social distancing. That would be bad enough, but that's not where it ends. According to the news report, the event had about 60 people in attendance. There was at least one person at the event who was COVID positive, and the event was marketed as a religious vow renewal. Who would have thought the people screaming about a book that teaches you should love your neighbor would be the ones planning and taking part in super spreader events? Well, me, I guess. They claim to follow the Bible's teachings, but at this point, they've become the antithesis of what they claim to stand for. Kat Kerr is making her way around YouTube again. You remember her, right? The chick who says she hangs out with God on a regular basis, who says there's a body part requisition warehouse in heaven. When people pray for a new limb, God has an angel at the warehouse package it up and gift wrap it for them, and then it magically appears on their body. The chick who says Jesus loves weddings because they remind him of heaven, where people are constantly, perpetually dancing. I know some Christians who would beg to differ on that point. Personally, I heard dancing is a vertical expression of a horizontal desire. Any Anyways, she's back on YouTube spouting nonsense again. She says, quote, When I woke up yesterday, God was laughing. I mean, I heard him laughing loudly. And he said, I'm laughing because what they've said the electoral college vote came to. Of course, it went to the other side. And God said, none of that matters. It's not changing my plan. This is what God said. I don't care who calls Biden president. He will never be president. I won't allow darkness to sit in this country or control this country. America is my gift that I called forth to be a blessing 
coming to this world, and I will have righteousness, justice, liberty, and freedom for all in that country. And he said the others who don't want it will not have a great future, maybe not a future at all, end quote. Well, that's interesting. First of all, I think God would be the last person to say he wants liberty for people, not the God of the Bible. Maybe she's talking about Satan or something. Satan seems to be a fan of freedom and liberty. And aside from that, I think I'm starting to see through her plan now. As time goes on, it gets clearer and clearer that Trump has absolutely no hope of overturning anything. My guess is she's setting herself up to have a backdoor escape from her own stupidity. She said God told her he will never be president no matter who calls him that. I'm guessing she's going for the amorphous idea that even if he becomes president, he won't really be the president of evangelicals. Like how some people said Trump isn't my president even if he's the president. Not that it matters if she's wrong. She never pays a social cost. People keep listening to her anyways. Jerry Falwell's back in the news. For those who might not remember, he got fired from Liberty University a while back, the school his dad created. He was the president, but then some less than flattering information came out about his personal life. Now look, I'm not one to kink shame, but when he sets the rules to be one thing, and he lives a life completely contrary to those rules, I'm gonna have a problem with it. Apparently he and his wife were doing some stuff with previous students that were frowned upon, to say the least. Plus he was drinking alcohol, something strictly forbidden by the school's policies and moral values. Well, after Falwell got fired, he filed a defamation lawsuit against Liberty U. We all assumed it was just for show, especially since we had physical evidence in the form of pictures and his own Instagram posts proving that he was drinking and doing some questionable activities with his wife and other people. But I guess any questions we had about his legitimacy can be put to rest now that he dropped the defamation lawsuit. In the original claim, he said that Liberty University needlessly injured and damaged his reputation through a series of statements published in print and spoken in large public forums and streamed online following his forced resignation from the university. When dropping the suit, Falwell said, I've decided to take time out from my litigation against Liberty University, but I'll continue to keep all options on the table for an appropriate resolution to the matter. It was a waste of time and just for show anyways. But hey, if he wants to pay the court system a ton of money to frivolously try to repair a reputation that he damaged by doing what he did in the first place, then far be it for me to try to stop him. According to Hemant Mehta on the Friendly Atheist blog, Pastor Greg Farrington from Destiny Church in Rockland, California, knows exactly why churches are closed in 2020. COVID? No. It's because Satan is trying to persecute Christians. Once again, watching a majority privileged group cry about persecution is the cringiest shit ever. Pastor Farrington said, quote, here are some of the current trends in the church world today. 30 to 40% of the people who attended church before COVID will never return to church. 20% of all churches in America will never open their doors again. And 70% of pastors are looking for another place of employment. You know why? It isn't because of a virus. There is a demonic strategy to silence the church. This virus came from China where they silenced the church. And now the silence of a church in America is because there is a demonic force behind it. The reality of this moment is the demonic strategy is working. That means 31 million people will never come back to church. That means 80,000 churches will shut their doors and never meet again in that building. That means 420,000 pastors are looking for new jobs. And you're telling me this was a virus? You're telling me this is not a demonic strategy? It's all a demonic strategy, every single part of it. And the political leveraging to shut the doors of the church in America by liberal crazies that see us all as non-essential. I'm telling you, the devil is a liar. He's an absolute liar. End quote. 
I just want to point out that I have no reference for those statistics, so I'm going to assume they're fabricated right off the top of his head until some evidence is presented. They tend to do that kind of thing. But the crazy doesn't end there. He's in the news again. His church suffered an outbreak, and in response he said, quote, I'm blessed. The favor of God is on this house. I don't care what the haters say. God has put a jacket on me, and I am blessed. Not sure what that means exactly, but it's certainly a strange way to react to the fact that you were responsible for people getting a virus during a worldwide pandemic. These people are delusional. They don't live in the same reality as us, and the gap between the right and the left gets wider. Before we get into all that, let's listen to some voicemails. If you want to call in and leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hi, Owen. This is Jason from New York. I was wondering if you would consider yourself an atheist materialist or a materialistic atheist or however you want to word it, because you seem to... I don't know. It's just a curiosity I have. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call. Um, I'm not sure I know what you mean when you say that. Are you asking if I believe that the Earth was created by natural means? I would say that we have enough evidence in right now to prove that the Earth came into being through natural means. No God was necessary. Now, you can claim that a God had a hand in the process, you can say that God pushed everything into motion and made it happen, but we have explanations for how this happened. So a materialist atheist or a naturalist atheist, I don't know about that. I would say I don't believe the claim that God created the earth 6,000 years ago because we have evidence that contradicts that claim. We can watch the evolutionary process in front of our eyes. We can watch it take place through a microscope. It's not refutable because we have physical hard evidence in front of us. So am I a materialist atheist or a naturalist atheist? Um, I would say we have the explanation for how the earth and life came to be and we don't need God to explain it. Hey, Omen, it's Joseph again. Um, I just wanted to know, what is the most extreme cult religion out there, and is it similar to the Mormon cult religion? I've been wanting to know that for quite a while now, so if you can answer that question, I'd be grateful. Stay safe and stay healthy, all right? Bye-bye. It's an interesting question, but it, it's a complicated question. When a cult gets extreme enough, typically, it kind of eats itself alive and doesn't stick around for very long. That's like the end result of a very, very extreme cult. Only the cults that are not quite as extreme can survive, can continue bringing in new members, because the higher the social or financial cost, the higher the cost in general, the fewer people you're going to bring in, at least the, the higher the upfront cost. Jehovah's Witnesses like to offset the costs over the course of like a year while you're studying with them. They get you to commit to a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more throughout that entire year. 
but the the initial upfront cost is zero. It's just making a new friend. That's it. That's the only upfront cost. With Scientology, the upfront cost is high. It's thousands of dollars to get audited and kind of join their program for the first time. So the more extreme a cult is, the fewer people they're going to bring in. A good example would be Heaven's Gate. I think the Heaven's Gate cult is probably one of history's most extreme cults. There were around 40 of them, I think, maybe 50 total. Uh, I don't think that the, at any point in time they ever got over 200 people. But by the end, 39 people died. There were 39 people, including the leader himself, Doe. They lived in a mansion all together. And all of their efforts, all of their work, all of the money that they made, everything went back into funding the, the cult and the cult's efforts, holding seminars and workshops to bring new members in. The members that were in the group originally mostly made their money through website design. Now remember, this is in the 70s and the 80s and finally in the 90s. I believe it was March 26th, the night of March 26th, 1997, I think, when they all died. So through the 70s and the 80s, they started to grow bigger and bigger. And then in the early 90s, they started to get really serious and extreme, more extreme, if you can believe it, and started locking down, started talking about their belief in suicide and things like that. And they started hiding. They were in hiding because group members' family was looking for them. I don't know if you guys ever saw the original Star Trek, but there was a character on there named Uhura. Here's a picture of her right here, Uhura. Her brother was actually in the Heaven's Gate cult and was one of the people, sadly, who lost his life in the 90s when they took their own lives. They actually went through castration because they believed that the body's sexual desires were evil and disgusting and they would do anything they could to stop it. So they actually, some of them, went to a storage unit and put a piece of paper up that said Mexico on the door. So if anybody asked what happened and where, you know, where they got this done, they could say, in Mexico. They'd take a scalpel, none of them surgeons, mind you, and they'd cut their stuff off. That's fucking serious. That is a cost, a social cost, if I've ever seen one. So these groups, as they get more and more extreme, typically speaking, there's an eventual end to that extremism. I mean, look at ISIS, for example. They were, ex they were so extreme that they were willing to do literally anything to perpetuate, to evangelize to bring in new members and it led to their eventual downfall now obviously they're still around in some capacity but they are broken now really they are a, a shell of what they once were that's what happens to a cult they are 
naturally self-destructive, and it will end in tears if they continue to get too extreme. Hello, this is Sarah. I'm from uh, the great state of Connecticut. I was a uh, Marine for four years. I just CAS'd last August. Um, and I am a transgender woman. I was just inquiring on your thoughts. I know that you're very pro-LGBT uh, from what I understand. I've, I've watched your channel for a while now. I was just inquiring what your thoughts were on the attempted ban for transgenders serving some military that Trump uh, tried to put in place, uh, I think it was two, three years ago. Um, have a good afternoon. I think my whole take on the entire situation is I'm bothered by the fact that Donald Trump has done everything he could, and more broadly the Republican Party, to make the lives of LGBT people more difficult. Anything that they could do. They try to start culture wars over stupid shit, like the trans bathroom thing, try to ban gay marriage, all kinds of outrageous bullshit against the LGBT community. I just pulled this up. This is from the Office of the Attorney General. It's a letter, and it says, Dear Mr. President, Secretary Azar, Acting Attorney General Matthew Whitaker, Secretary DeVos, and Secretary Acosta. It was released November 9th, 2018. It says, According to recent media reports, the administration is reportedly considering changes to federal law and policy to define sex as a biological immutable condition assigned at birth. For the record, I want to mention that the science says that sex is biological and assigned at birth, and gender is social. But it shouldn't be viewed as immutable. There's treatment for gender dysphoria. It's transitioning. The White House went directly against the scientists and the doctors on this issue. This is just the route the administration took to attack human rights. The proposed actions are contrary to California and federal law and threaten the health, well-being, and economic security of individuals, families, and communities. Such a change would effectively deny the existence of transgender people and a large number of others who do not conform to traditional notions of binary gender identity. Such a move would remove these individuals from the coverage of federal anti-discrimination laws and trigger a host of other negative impacts. For this reason, I urge you to abandon these harmful and discriminatory efforts. As the Attorney General of California, it is my constitutional duty to safeguard the health and safety of our 40 million residents and to defend our state laws. California has been a leader in protecting civil rights and liberties for our thousands of transgender residents working to ensure that individuals can work, learn, and receive care in a safe environment free from discrimination. For example, we were one of the first states to explicitly protect transgender students in our schools. And California has protected transgender people from workplace and housing discrimination for over a decade. The whole thing is a big, ugly clusterfuck. And honestly, that's what you get with somebody like Donald Trump. Not just Trump. Again, I want to make this clear. It's the Republican Party who's been a problem in this situation. They are doing everything they can to go back to, quote-unquote, traditional values. When traditional values, just 30 years ago, included making black people drink from colored water fountains. Why would anybody ever want to go backwards like that? The Republican Party is steered 
by the evangelical voting bloc. It's been like that for decades and decades. And evangelicals have always halted progress forward. They have always held us back as a society. Extreme right-wing Christians have always been a problem, have always stood in the way of society moving forward, and it needs to be dealt with. Now, Biden is officially the president-elect. He's going to be the president on January 20th. Much as I feel that Biden is more of a centrist than I like, the Overton window, the window of acceptable public discourse, will not be shifted further to the right by having a right-wing extremist conspiracy theorist as the president of the United States. The Overton window will shift more toward the center. Right now, you can't even find the fucking thing. It's so far right. So hopefully, just the fact that Biden is the president will help calm the culture war a little bit. And for the record, Biden did mention trans people in his victory speech after the election was over. That's a good sign. He's even tweeted about trans people. He didn't have to. He didn't have to do that. He could have just not said anything at all, and people would have supported him anyways because he's better than Trump. He chose to talk about trans people in a positive light. He chose to be encouraging and throw his support behind trans people. So it's better than nothing. I want to see a day when trans people are just as accepted as and considered equals to everybody else. We are preparing to move that direction. We took a few steps back, but hopefully the next four years we'll see a giant leap forward. When we come back, we're going to talk about Jerry Falwell Jr. dropping his defamation case against Liberty University. So give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. So the next article I wanted to look at is entitled Jerry Falwell Jr. Dropped His Defamation Lawsuit Against Liberty U. So I've been following the uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. saga since day one. For those who may be unaware, he basically got booted out as president of Liberty U, the school that his dad started, for what they call immoral behavior, if you will. He basically took pictures that were less than reputable. I'm not sure how else to say it. He was standing with some strange woman who was not his wife, and they both had their pants unbuttoned and unzipped, and they were holding black water. Um, it was alcohol, obviously, and he made a joke about it. He said, I swear it's just black water. Obviously, it's alcohol. If one of the students had been caught taking a picture like that, they would be kicked out instantly. So that's where the problems started. Jerry Falwell Jr. posted that picture himself to his own Instagram and then deleted the picture afterward. But after that picture came out, a bunch of other information started coming out about 
his wife, Becky Falwell, and the questionable relationship that they have with other people, where Jerry just kind of sits in the corner while other people are, you know, involved in their marriage in various different capacities. Uh, so anyways, after all that came out, Jerry Falwell was basically booted out as president and he filed some defamation lawsuits against Liberty U claiming that they were destroying his reputation. In all honesty, he destroyed his reputation himself. They didn't do shit. If he didn't want his reputation ruined, he shouldn't have done that shit. He shouldn't have, he should have lived by the standards that the school set up. Now, bear with me here. I don't believe that the school's moral code is right. Jerry Falwell, in my opinion, didn't do anything wrong. Dude didn't do anything wrong. He was living his life and having a good time, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with what he was doing, honestly. If he wants to have a party where he drinks a little bit, that's okay. If he wants to have a relationship with other people where he sits in the corner and his wife, you know, gets involved with whatever, I'm not going to stop him. Be my guest, man. If that's what you enjoy doing, then do it. We only live once, right? YOLO. But sitting there and expelling students for less while you're over here doing that shit, that's just wrong, dude. That's wrong. And I, I, I can't forgive you for that one. So, anyways, come to find out, Jerry Falwell Jr., after filing that defamation lawsuit, has now dropped aforementioned lawsuit. Defamation lawsuits are actually very difficult to prosecute and to win, basically. From my understanding, uh, my limited understanding, I'm not a lawyer, it's a different thing if you're a public figure, than if you're just a normal, everyday guy off the street. In this case, obviously, he is a public figure. So in his case, he would have to prove that Liberty University knew they were lying. Prove intent. He has to prove intent, which is nearly impossible to do in most cases. Has to prove that they intentionally lied about him with the intent to destroy his reputation. And those lawsuits almost never work out. Almost never. So he dropped the lawsuit. And in my opinion, that was probably a good idea. He's just going to burn through money. He's not going to get anywhere with that lawsuit. So anyways, the article is entitled, Jerry Falwell Jr. Dropped His Defamation Lawsuit Against Liberty Unis by Hemant Mehta on the Friendly Atheist website. So let's give the article a read and see what it says. Several weeks after Jerry Falwell Jr. sued Liberty University for allegedly damaging his reputation, he's chosen to drop the case entirely. The lawsuit was a joke to begin with, in large part because the guy who posted a bizarre picture of himself with his fly unzipped and belly out and who liked photos of younger women in not-so-Christian poses, and who posted a racist tweet in response to the governor of Virginia mandating face masks in public spaces, and who called a parent dummy for asking why Liberty was reopening during the COVID crisis, and who censored the school's own journalists, and who apparently fell down the stairs because he got hammered one night last month, was claiming that his former university was making him look bad. <laughs> That's pretty funny. 
that really well said by him and Meta there. Um, I actually remember all of these, except I don't remember this one about him falling down stairs because he got hammered one light one night last month. I don't remember that case. I'll have to look into it a little bit more. But the racist tweet thing, it was pretty fucking bad, dude. I, I, I'm not even going to pull it up on stream, but you guys should look it up. If you wanted to look at it, just type in Jerry Falwell racist tweet or something like that, and it'll pop it up. It's a picture of, like, a hood and stuff, so I'm sure you can guess what it was all about. Anyway, let's read the, uh, let's continue reading the article and, and see what else it says. Falwell accused Liberty, and for some reason, the anti-Trump Lincoln Project, of defaming him. Quote, in his complaint filed in the Commonwealth of Virginia Circuit Court of the City of Lynchburg, Mr. Falwell claims that Liberty University needlessly injured and damaged his reputation through a series of statements published in print and spoken in large public forums and streamed online following his forced resignation from the university. According to the complaint, these statements had the effect of affirming false claims that an individual made publicly against Mr. Falwell after years-long attempts at extortion against Falwell and his wife, Becky. I actually remember this case. Um, this was, as far as I know, basically, I think this was the pool boy. Don't quote me on this. Um, I would have to look more into it, but I've been following this fairly closely, so I'm pretty confident that the story goes, Becky Falwell, Jerry Falwell's wife, met this pool boy and got into a relationship with him. And Jerry liked you know, going there while they hung out together, basically, and sitting in the corner of the room watching them hang out. And uh, the pool boy basically came forward later and said, yeah, this is all what happened, blah, 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 told the whole story. And it was kind of an open secret anyways, honestly. Like, people who knew Jerry personally already knew this about the guy. It, it kind of leaked out from there. It, it has for years. I mean, there are other students at the school like friends of Jerry Falwell's kids that would say, you know, I woke up and and Becky Falwell is like in my room, you know, like like predator style. So it, it wasn't a surprise to anybody when the pool boy came out and said this. So Jerry Falwell is coming out and claiming that the guy was just trying to blackmail him and all this uh, extort him for money and things. I don't know. Uh, maybe he was, but he, that doesn't disprove the story. The story seems to be 100% true as far as I can tell. It's all but admitted at this point. They've had to do press conferences and stuff trying to defend themselves on this decision. And honestly, like I said before, I have no issue with Jerry Falwell living his life like this. Go nuts, dude. Seriously, go nuts. YOLO. You only live once. Do what you love. But uh, don't tell your fucking students not to do it while you're over there in the corner doing it yourself. That's just straight up wrong. Anyway, let's continue reading the article. This is back to the quote. Based on research and investigation, this individual appears to be supported financially by political opponents of Mr. Falwell in the midst of a heated presidential campaign, likely including the anti-Trump political action committee called the Lincoln Project. The complaint, which includes claims of defamation and breach of contract, alleges that Liberty University officials accepted the false claims against Falwell 
without investigation to force his resignation and then engaged in a campaign to tarnish, minimize, and outright destroy the legacy of the Falwell family and Mr. Falwell's reputation. So my brother actually went to Liberty University, interestingly enough. He's not religious, and I'm not going to get into it too much, but basically he has opinions about this. He is an atheist, but he has opinions about this. He feels that Jerry Falwell is the reason why Liberty University has a shred of secular re reputation, if you will. He feels like without Jerry Falwell trying to get accreditation for the school and trying to push it out as a legitimate school, it would have had zero legitimacy. It doesn't have much legitimacy anyways. It's obviously an extremist Christian Bible school, but it, it, it is accredited. It, you, know, you can take classes there and they will be recognized in most other colleges throughout the country, or, or many of the classes will. In some cases, you may have to retake some of the science stuff, like you'd have to take biology classes over again if you transferred out of liberty. But those credits would be recognized, and largely that's because of Jerry Falwell. So honestly, I think that Liberty U losing Jerry Falwell, as terrible a guy as he is, honestly, I think it may have been bad for the school to lose Jerry Falwell. They're going to lose their secular legitimacy or their, their legitimacy among outsiders, if you will. None of the leadership that, that took the lead after he left, none of them give a shit about being recognized in the secular world. Jerry Falwell seemed to at the very least. Anyway, let's keep reading. This is back to Hemant Mehta. Falwell added in a statement at the time, I must take the necessary steps to restore my reputation and hopefully help repair the damage to the Liberty University brand in the process. His case was never strong, but more to the point, it's not like a victory would have salvaged his reputation when Falwell was his own biggest enemy. That's what I was saying earlier. The dude did it to himself, man. He did it to himself. Every bit of this is his fault. The reason everyone's been mocking him has everything to do with his own behavior, not some public statement from Liberty's Board of Trustees. The lawsuit was also bizarre, given that he stood to receive more than $10 million from Liberty U as a part of his severance package. It doesn't surprise me that he got a really, really big severance package from it. Um, I feel that was probably a complete waste of money. The guy is already like a multi-millionaire doesn't need any more from Liberty U, but he definitely deserved to be terminated at the very least. Anyway, back to Hemant Mehta. Whatever the reason, the news and advance now says Falwell's lawyers have told the courts they will no longer be pursuing the case. Quote, Judge James Watson granted the motion terminating the suit without prejudice. Watson's ruling leaves open the possibility of Falwell refiling a similar suit at a later date. Under Virginia law, a plaintiff is allowed one non-suit. I've decided to take a time out from my litigation against Liberty University, but I will continue to keep all options on the table for an appropriate resolution to the matter, Falwell said in a brief statement Thursday. Yeah, um, they said here terminating the suit without prejudice. From my understanding, without prejudice specifically means you can bring it back up later if you want to. Back to Hemant Mehta. Weird to... Weird way to say that was a stupid thing for me to do. Then again, maybe he deserves some credit. Normally, you need to hire a pool boy to sweep away a mess of this size. That's funny. Call back to the fact that the pool boy was involved in, 
hanging out with Falwell's wife. The whole thing is a mess, and as Hemant Mehta said before, every bit of it is his own fault. He did everything here. Like, he has nobody to blame but himself. And on that note, the guy is actually a fucking monster. Aside from all of this, you know, I, I, I've expressed sympathy for him. If he wants to, you know, have this kind of relationship with his wife and other people, whatever, dude, do it. YOLO, right? But in reality, he's a Trump-supporting, LGBT-hating sack of garbage. So I, I, I can't give him a pass on that shit. He is, he is definitely a piece of shit. Let's take a look at Super Chats. Zolfner, Fack Owen, his girl is cool, though. I appreciate that. I think she's pretty cool, too. Biden is daddy. What a weird thing to say. Thank you for the Super Chat. I appreciate that, Zolfner, but I'm very creeped out that anybody would say that. Is Owen not wearing a shirt? No, I'm wearing one this time. Sorry to break the news to you. Wayne Scott, has Telltale ever looked into youth with a mission? I don't think so. No, I don't, I don't think I've ever even heard the name before, as far as I can remember. It's not ringing a bell, but uh, it does sound interesting. Zolfner, Daddy Biden, fearless leader. Nobody in their right mind should be calling the president daddy or fearless leader neither of those two things it's just straight up creepy v feel better owen take care y'all i appreciate that thank you so much zolfner i blanked the pool boy once okay cool if that's how you want to live and as long as you're not telling anybody else that they shouldn't live that way fucking do it man live your life do what you want to do like i said probably 16 times by now yolo you only live once dude live it up while you're here when we come back, we're going to talk about Pastor Greg Farrington having an outbreak in his congregation and blaming crazy liberals and thanking God for it simultaneously. So give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. So the next article I wanted to take a look at is entitled Pastor Blames Satan and Liberal Crazies, but not COVID, for church closures. This is by Hemant Mehta on the Friendly Atheist website. And this is just one of two articles I wanted to read about this guy, Pastor Greg Farrington. I hadn't really heard about him before now, pretty much, but he's fairly famous in the evangelical world apparently he's he's well known he's got notoriety at the very least and he runs a fairly big church so i wanted to read this article and then there was another one that i wanted to take a look at in a minute so let's read this one and see what it has to say pastor greg farrington of destiny church in rockland california knows exactly why churches are closed for much of 2020 was it because of covid nope it's because satan is trying to persecute christians so there's this Twitter account called Christian Nightmares, and I've been following them for a little while. They basically talk about evangelical nutcases and the crazy messed up stuff that they do. And this is a tweet by them about Farrington. It says, Pastor Greg Farrington says churches weren't closed for in-person gathering because of the coronavirus, but because there is a demonic strategy to silence the church and that liberal crazies are trying to shut down churches. This is a, an actual quote from 
Greg Farrington. This is there was a video that Greg Farrington put out, and this is a quote from that video. He says, "Here are some current trends in the church world today. Thirty to forty percent of the people who attended church before COVID will never return to church. Twenty percent of all churches in America will never open their doors again, and seventy percent of pastors are looking for another place of employment." That's good news. I view that as good news, right? The church is closing down. But that's actually giving me a little bit of insight into why churches are fighting the closures so hard. You know, why they're fighting, like, the in-person gathering stuff. Why can't they just meet over Zoom like any sensible, normal human being would? It's because they believe that the brainwashing is going to be unplugged and their people aren't going to come back. People can just as easily donate through PayPal and attend church over Zoom. But rumor has it, Jehovah's Witnesses are losing members like fucking mad right now, too. There's this thing, this program that Jehovah's Witnesses have going, right? It's this foreign language program. So Jehovah's Witnesses are always trying to expand into new territories and set up foreign language kingdom halls if possible now i live in west virginia so there weren't really many there wasn't really a need for a foreign language uh, congregation in my area there aren't many spanish speakers here and the ones that are here they speak english too so instead of setting up a foreign language congregation here jehovah's witnesses were trying to set up a an asl congregation basically a sign language congregation for deaf people And I was learning ASL when I was a teenager as a Jehovah's Witness to try to contribute and help in that effort to create the congregation um, that, that, that was needed because people couldn't hear very well. Uh, it didn't end up happening, although I did learn a little bit of sign language uh, as a result. But the result of people... Going to a foreign language congregation is sometimes that brainwashing gets unplugged because they're they're still going to meetings and still sitting there and listening, but they understand less of it. The result is people's brainwashing basically gets unplugged. They can't understand the language that's being spoken to them, and they're starting to kind of fall off not really follow what the conductor is saying, not as much as if they were in their home congregation. And as a result, they stop going. A lot of Jehovah's Witnesses are lost to the religion because the brainwashing is unplugged. And that's exactly what this pastor here, Greg Farrington, is talking about. What he's complaining about right now is the fact that this brainwashing is being unplugged from people's minds because they're not attending church as regularly as they were before. They can, uh, they can show up through Zoom, but they're like, oh, you know what, I got other things going on. I don't have to go to church today. And they don't end up going to church, and suddenly it's just unplugged, just like that. So his qualm is with the fact that brainwashing is being unplugged. That's really what this boils down to. So let's keep reading. This is a, a continued quote from Greg Farrington. You know why? It wasn't because of a virus. There was a demonic strategy to silence the church. This virus came from China where they silenced the church, and now the silence of a church in America is because there's a demonic force behind it. The reality of this moment is the demonic strategy is working. 
That means 31 million people will never come back to church. That means 80,000 churches will shut their doors and never meet again in that building. That means 420,000 pastors are looking for new jobs. Good. That's how it should be, in my opinion. And you're telling me this is a virus? You're telling me that this is not a demonic strategy? Uh, nobody said anything about that. I think he's just kind of fabricating this shit off the top of his head. It's all a demonic strategy, every single part of it, and the political leveraging to shut the doors of the church in America by liberal crazies that see us as non-essential. I'm telling you, the devil is a liar. He's an absolute liar. Nobody, okay, there's no liberal, like, crazy out there, no liberal plan to force churches to close so that people stop going and turn atheist. I, I'm not planning that. That's not what I'm... I, I haven't set out to make that happen. It just so happens that if you don't keep people plugged into the brainwashing, they usually wake up from it. That's just how this shit works, man. I'm sorry. And honestly, I'm glad that that's how it's playing out. I'm glad that people seem to be waking up from it by and large because they're not plugged into it as much anymore. This is Hemet Mehta speaking. Like so many conservative Christians, Farrington doesn't understand why churches are deemed non-essential. You can stream services online. You can't do that with groceries. You would think this would be obvious to a guy who's literally live-streaming his sermons online, and yet it's more convenient to dupe Christians by blaming the devil than being honest about the failures of their own preferred political candidates. Those liberal crazies, by the way, want to keep Christians alive. It's Republicans who don't care and who reject mask mandates and who want churches open so that members of the congregation can get sick and infect each other and then infect their communities. Well, guess what? This story doesn't end here. There's more. That did, in fact, happen. It's like... Hemet Met is a fucking precog over here. He says it's Republicans who don't care and who reject mask mandates and who want churches open so that members of the congregation can get sick and infect each other and then infect their communities. And in fact, that is exactly what happened. Greg Farrington's congregation got hit with an outbreak. So let's give this one a read. This is, again, by Hemet Mehta. It says, Pastor Greg Farrington of Destiny Church in Rockland, California, a guy who just last week blamed church closures on liberal crazies and Satan instead of COVID, is now the apparent leader of a place where there's been a COVID outbreak. A former member of the church told ABC 10 News that multiple churchgoers have tested positive for COVID, but Farrington won't shut down the place because it might block his cash flow. But that's not the story. Here's the story. On Sunday, Farrington played the entire news segment for his congregation before launching into a bizarre celebration of it. Let's actually watch the clip of Farrington. This is the, this is the whole clip from his Sunday service. Joseph's brothers hated him, and the mere fact that people hate you is the evidence that they believe what you're saying is true. What? I'm sorry. Hold the phone. The fact that people hate you is evidence that they know what you're saying is true. So Kenneth Copeland hates atheists. This guy hates atheists. Ted, Ted Haggard hates atheists. Ray Comfort, Kirk Cameron, they all hate atheists. Is this guy saying that they hate atheists because they know we're right? What an absurd train of logic. I'm an atheist. And I would love for that to be the case, that Kirk Cameron knows that God isn't real. I'm just not, not that naive. 
I know that he believes that God's real. Same for Ray Comfort and Kent Hovind and all of them. Just because they hate atheists or atheism or whatever the fuck does not mean that they believe it's true. This is a non sequitur. It's completely fucking ridiculous. Let's keep listening. The mere fact that people hate you is the evidence that they believe what you're saying is true. I had some haters this week. I don't know if you notice. Play it for them. So this is the the news report from ABC 10 that was basically an expose on this guy and his church and what he was saying and doing. Rockland continues to hold indoor service despite public health guidelines. And now a former member tells us there has been a coronavirus outbreak linked to the church. ABC 10's Monica Coleman is live with the details tonight. Monica. Mass and that former member is named Cynthia, and she says that six people have tested positive for COVID-19 after attending a service here at Destiny's Church. She said many of those people who tested positive are also staff members and plan to return back to the church this Sunday due to fear of losing their job if they don't come back. Also, the former member tells me that during church service, no one is required to wear a mask or be socially distant, and that Pastor Greg Farrington doesn't want to move to a virtual service, fearing fewer ties and donations from members. Farrington says he is not forcing anyone to come to church in, the, in person, but will continue to hold service as it is because it's his First Amendment right. The city of Rockland says they have notified the church of the public health guidelines after receiving multiple complaints. Let me just address this First Amendment right thing. Um, it's true that you have a First Amendment right. Okay, I understand that there, there's a First Amendment issue here and all that stuff. But let me just talk about rights for a second. Your rights extend as far as you can extend them up until they infringe on my rights. I have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? If you are infringing on that right, you no longer have the right to do that. That's not you being persecuted. That's me being protected. You have the right to swing your fist anywhere you want, except for right here. You can't swing your fist right here. That's, that's against the law. And you not being allowed to punch me in the nose is not an infringement on your rights. It's a protection of mine. You are perfectly allowed to hold church services. There's nothing and nobody that can stop you on this planet. That is your right. Unless what you're doing is infringing on my rights, then it's a problem. And in this case, obviously, it was a problem. Because COVID spread through his congregation. He's getting people sick. I and everybody else in this country have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and by spreading a virus during a pandemic, acting as a super spreader, you are infringing on everybody's rights. You're infringing on all of our rights. Let's keep listening. Notified the church of the public health guidelines after receiving multiple complaints. The church needs to close down, do a Zoom like other worship people do, you know, I know other congregations. They have a certain time. Everybody's on Zoom. The pastor preaches. He wants him there. He wants to make sure he gets that envelope. Patrick County Public Health Officers. 
Let me let me give you the good news. Let me. There, that's real. No, you think that's bad? That's good. That's good. Jesus says, "Blessed are they who persecute you for a persecute." Again, using the word persecute a little too freely there, isn't he? It's not persecution for other people's rights to be protected. There's a, a clear, distinct difference. You want to talk about persecution? Let's look at what black people went through between the years, I don't know, 1600 or, or 1650 and now. You want to talk about persecution? Let's look at persecution. This dude hasn't seen a day of persecution in his fucking life. Doesn't know the meaning of the word. And he's sitting here telling us that he's so poor and persecuted because he is being told not to hold church services. But guess what? He's doing it anyways. All kinds of evil about you. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. The favor of God is on this house. I don't care what the haters say. God has put a jacket on me. And I am blessed. God has put a jacket on me, and I am blessed. What the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? God has put a jacket on me, and I am blessed. These people are fucking crazy, dude, and they're going to get us killed. We are only as strong as our weakest link, and our weakest links right now are trying to get us all killed. Let's keep reading the article. This is Hemet Mehta speaking. How many people in his church have to die before he stops calling himself blessed? No one's persecuting this guy. He's just dumb enough to think denying the seriousness of COVID and putting his congregation in harm's way to the point where several members may have caught the disease is worth it as long as he gets to stay open and make money. The people trying to protect those members, he implies, are anti-Christian. This is yet another Christian death cult. If only there wasn't so much collateral damage associated with this disease. 100% agree. And I actually saw a message from Zolfner a second ago, a super chat, and it's relevant to the story. It says, I want to see you shirtless and you're infringing on my right to happiness. You're breaking the law. Interesting point. Uh, as ridiculous as that super chat appears to be, I want to address that. What you're doing here is trying to compel action from me. You're trying to force me to do something to appease your own happiness. You're allowed to make yourself happy, but you can't compel somebody else to make you happy for you. That's the difference in, in the law, in the Constitution. That's where the line is. You can't compel somebody to do certain specific things. You can't compel speech, for example. If you are walking by a pool and you see somebody drowning and you jump in to try to save them and you you fail and you do something stupid and they die anyways that may be on your hands legally speaking that could be on your hands if you walk by and don't do anything at all you're not legally liable in any way because you can't be compelled to do something you can't be compelled to take an action like that, like from a legal constitutional type of perspective, that's where the line is. So what you're saying here seemingly debunked what I was saying about the Constitution and my right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. You can't compel me to take an action, basically.
but you can compel people to not take an action. So anyway, it's an interesting legal uh, perspective. It's an interesting legal argument, and there's a lot to talk about there. But uh, thank you for the super chat anyway. Let's take a look at super chats. I appreciate the super chat, um, the Blue Dragon 777. Thank you so much. And Zolfner, thank you for the super chats, really. Phi 1215, please check into Bethel and their supernatural ministry school. They claimed over 1.5 million in COVID re relief funds, causing small businesses to not get any money. Interesting. Had not heard about that, I don't think. Although I have heard some about Jehovah's Witnesses taking advantage of COVID relief and then lying about it. I'll have to, I got to get more evidence for it before talking about it at length. Ray Anime Girl. How's your mom since your last video about her? She Has she talked to you since then? It would be nice if she left soon and had Christmas with you. Absolutely no way in hell. No, I haven't talked to her since then. No way in hell she will probably ever celebrate Christmas again. I can't imagine her getting to that point. But who fucking knows? Stranger things have happened. Uh, thanks for the super chat. I appreciate that. One can hope. One can hope. I hope for the best. I'm not holding my breath, though. Brennan Dick... When any of these more cult-like people target Asian communities, it is blind, as it is showing that they're so insensitive to regional history. I'm not sure I understand the context behind it, but you know, cults tend to target a lot of communities disproportionately, and it's pretty sad. April Loveless, love your channels. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. You did not have to do that. Zenobi, finally got my kid to bed. Thanks for the company. Awesome! Yeah, my kid is a little bit, she tends to get herself in bed now, luckily, but I remember having to rock her to sleep every night. That was, that was a lot of work. It's a lot of work to take care of a kid when they're under two, three, four, five years old. Six years old, you're on the upswing. It starts getting a little bit easier from six years old and onward. They become like a little buddy, follow you around everywhere. But man, those first five, six years were difficult. Made it through though. That's where I'm gonna end it for the night. Appreciate you guys coming on and giving it a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.